Was anyone planning to do the reading this evening, officially? I didn't think so. It kind of got talked around. And in the end, I'll do it. That's fine. We're reading from Proverbs 31, the last chapter of the book of Proverbs. And it's the sayings of King Lemuel. And we don't know anything about King Lemuel. But these are the sayings of King Lemuel, Proverbs 31, verse 1. An oracle his mother taught him. O my son, O son of my womb, O son of my vows, do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Give beer to those who are perishing, wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And then it switches to epilogue, the wife of noble character. A wife of noble character who can find she is worth m far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So we are going to reflect on Proverbs 31. Our text is verse 10, which says, A wife of noble character who can find she is worth, worth far more than rubies. Congregation of Jesus Christ, we are looking this evening at the last chapter of Proverbs. 
as we come to the end of our study of the book of Proverbs, we find uh, one thing, especially to understand this last chapter, one thing we need to remember is what most clearly came through as we read our opening responsive call to worship from Proverbs chapter 3. And that is the fact that wisdom is feminine. And so when we, when we looked at Proverbs chapter 3, and it talked about wisdom, and it said, in fact, the exact words of our text, that she is more precious than rubies. You see that already in Proverbs 3, verse 14. And that reality of the biblical view of wisdom in the Hebrew culture is, is as a woman. That's the picture. The word wisdom, kokma, is feminine. Just like in Greek, the word for wisdom is Sophia. And some people name their daughter Sophia because it's, it's a feminine word. And also in the French, la sagesse, lady wisdom. And within cultures and languages, that is the central presentation of of wisdom when it's personified, when it's, it's taken as a, an abstract concept and when it's described as a person, it's not a man, it's a woman. And that's the expression here also in Proverbs, most clearly in Proverbs uh, throughout and seeing it there in Proverbs 3, but here too in Proverbs 31. But a question can be raised, why? Why is it a woman? And there's no really clear answer. In terms of language, some words are feminine, some are masculine. Uh, in the French language, you can look at it, and, and sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. That's just the way it is in various languages. There is the best attempt I could find to explain it, to understand it, is the contrast between... Uh, Men who were taught and taught in, in, like trained in the Hebrew culture too, men received more education than women normally. And then that the knowledge, learning was masculine because men were taught. Wisdom was feminine. Wisdom was because women weren't taught, but they were very insightful. I mean, they, they brought indeed a lot of tremendous insight so in the family and in the home. And so, so wisdom was more not as a taught thing, but as an experience, life experience kind of expression. So that's, that's a possibility. It's not great, but that's about as close as, as I could find, explaining why exactly. The sense of, of why is not the point. The point is that wisdom is pictured as feminine. And so, as Proverbs is concluding, we need to realize that in the final presentation of the book of Proverbs, wisdom is expressed in terms of two key women. And that's, that's not to say that, that this sense of, of these women is specifically being talked to or about, this is wisdom 
being talked about. And so, uh, to put it a particular way, the, the first thing would be make wisdom your mother. Let her, that is wisdom, teach you as her dearly loved child. So you're thinking about what is wisdom. Well, wisdom is like a mother who passes on wisdom to her child. And, and it's the wisdom that is being highlighted, that we need to receive that wisdom, first of all. And the second thing, make wisdom your wife. Make wisdom your wife. Marry her, love her, cherish her, admire her. Wisdom. Now you should love and cherish and admire your wife. That's absolutely true too. But the actual meaning of this passage is not about wives. It's not about mothers. It's about wisdom. So as you read Proverbs 31, we are not talking about mothers and wives specifically. You could as easily say parent or spouse. And the idea is to honor godly wisdom. To make wisdom your constant love and interest. Like you would be loving and interested in your spouse. So that is the expression being offered here. And that connection is clear through our text in verse 10 of Proverbs 31, where it speaks about she is worth far more than rubies, which gives us the clue right away. Oh, oh, he's talking about wisdom. This is not a list of what a wife should be like or what she should do. This is wisdom and what it does. So that, first of all, if you don't remember anything else, that is the place of Proverbs 31. And that ties back to the very first sermon that I did on the series on Proverbs, which was about the value of wisdom. And we looked through the book of Proverbs where it continues to say, too, wisdom is above all. Wisdom is more valuable than anything. Wisdom does everything for you that you would ever want. And so that all comes back here in Proverbs 31 in this one comparison where it says wisdom is the noble wife. Wisdom is the most noble thing that you can pursue. Just to look at, at specifically those two women, wisdom as our mother. Uh, when it says in Proverbs 31, verse, verse 1, these teachings come to King Lemuel from his mother. So those first verses are the wisdom of his mother speaking to him. So wisdom as a female is teaching him like his mother. So that godly wisdom is, is speaking into his lives like a mother would speak to him. But this is God's wisdom speaking to him. And there is that sense in the personification that wisdom, the wisdom of God the, the desire of God's heart is, is a loving of us like a mother loves a child. That's a nice comparison. And so God loves us, wants us to be wise, wants us to avoid evil, pain, suffering, wants us to live a fruitful life. Uh, like a mother who loves a child and seeks to pass on wisdom to the child. The mother says to the child, wash your hands. The child has just been playing with the dog. The child has been coughing and sneezing. 
child has been out in the mud. The child is about to eat. The mother says to the child, wash your hands. That's The child says, I don't need to wash my hands. I'm fine. But the wisdom of the mother says to the child, wash your hands. It's for your health. It's for your strength. It's for your, your well-being. So the wisdom is passed on. So the wisdom of God in us is that kind of expression to us. Learning from, growing in. We are children. God is our heavenly father. He speaks into our lives. His wisdom, his knowledge, how to live, how to act. And so that is the sense of these first instructions. Three directions are given, two warnings, and as, as a mother would warn a child, don't touch the hot stove. This is God warning too. God, in his wisdom, warning us, warning all people, saying too, beware, first of all, sexual sin. And that has been a huge part of Proverbs. Proverbs 1 to 9 goes on about that quite at length. Be wary, watchful. Don't get caught up in things of temptation that way. And so this is simply, simply concluding that whole aspect of being wise, being aware too that we are sexual beings, that there is a lot of temptation out there. Look to God. Make sure his wisdom, his strength, his insight, be true to him. Be true to your God. Be true to your spouse. Be true to you, your faith. The warning is given clearly here as well, and you will be blessed. Then it adds the sense of addiction, alcohol. A king who is impaired cannot concentrate on the work that he is doing. All of us need to remain self-controlled, and Proverbs talks about that a lot too. That don't let yourself be tempted, be engaged, be out of control through things that can become addictive and be con controlling of you. Be wise. And so it's more than just a worried mother talking to a son. It's God speaking into the lives of all of us, saying too, be filled with the Spirit. Be a child of God so that you can do your work well and wisely, useful and good. So Proverbs is finishing clearly adding that. And the third one is the sense of God's heart that goes out for the poor and needy. God is the protector of the poor and needy and uh, also as a king, but all of us too. That that is a, a constant call of God on our lives. And if you wonder what, what God would have you do, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom, God, to know what you would want to have me do. Take care of the poor and needy. That's what I'd like you to do. And that comes over and over again in the Old Testament, also in the New Testament. Matthew 25, verse 40. Jesus is speaking. The king, the king, King Lemuel, will reply. I tell you the truth. Whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. That's Jesus speaking, of course, King Jesus saying, care for the poor and needy. Food, water, clothing, justice, mercy, wisdom of God. What should I be busy with? What should I be concerned about? What should I include in my life? Watch some more TV. Maybe get some more games. Maybe do some stuff that I like to do. 
Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe focus in again on serving the Lord, where people are needy, helping where we can. That's wisdom. That's blessing. That's life. So those realities are simply highlighted in a way that the first readers of the book of Proverbs would understand, okay, God speaking his wisdom into my life. God saying, watch out for these things, work in these areas. Summing up the book of Proverbs. It's not something different, not something odd and unusual. It's confirming all that's been written there in Proverbs. Then it comes to that final uh, section, wisdom as wife, wisdom as spouse. And again, those who read it at first, those who received the book of Proverbs and looked at it, right away, they would say, it's not about wives. Because wives couldn't do these things. Wives couldn't buy and sell land. Wives, wives were not involved in all of these things. There were aspects here that were just beyond. This is something different. This is clearly wisdom as feminine, as a woman, pictured as a wife, but all of the things that wisdom can do for you if you see how valuable wisdom is, godly wisdom. And so that's what's being presented here. And so the wife of noble character is actually not a very good Mother's Day sermon text. And I will not be preaching on it here. It's only depressing for mothers. <laughs> oh, that's an impossible thing. And that's because it's not about mothers. It's about wisdom that can do all things. So that sense of it is better for us this evening and most fruitful in, in terms of understanding it is to, to look at even, even beyond just, just uh, yeah, you could say it's not about wives. It's not even about just men and women. If we say it's about the church, the church. So if you, you actually look at this as, as wisdom, as the wife, as the bride of Christ, which is the church. And so that is, that is a way of, of opening it up to its, its true understanding when Jesus talks, too, about the church, Matthew 22 and 25, he talks about the wedding feast and that he will come back for the bride. And Ephesians 5, 25 talks about, too, the church is the bride of Christ and that, that as a church, we would be wise. Godly wisdom as a church and that that would bring glory to our groom, to our husband, to Jesus. So that, that context, so looking at, say, verse 10 to 12, it speaks about that her husband has full confidence in her. Jesus has full confidence in the church. Well, that's the way it should be, right? Jesus should have full confidence in the church. That the church, then, should bring him good and not harm. Absolutely. The church of Jesus should bring Jesus good and not harm. That's wisdom. That, that's integrity. We talked about that last week. 
Can Jesus put his full confidence in us? Can Jesus trust us to do him good and not harm? Well, of course, we want to on the one sense, but, but our witness is often, is often not very wise. And so we, we, as church, even tend to undercut the witness so that, that we say, too, we as church, oh, we are serving Jesus. But then, then somebody, somebody is doing business with someone from the church and they, they, they feel rightly or wrongly that they have not been treated fairly. And all of a sudden, the church is characterized in that person's mind as, oh, those bunch of crooks. They're sitting in church, but look how they deal with me in business. And so, so the wisdom to, to let our godly, Christian, gracious service of the Savior be a clear witness in how we interact with those around us and in business, the wisdom of God that should impact all of our lives if we just don't don't do that. Say, oh, I can just take advantage of these people because they're not from the church and nobody will ever know. And, and, and it all goes downhill. And then later on, someone goes to those people and says, we'd like you to join the church. Please come. God loves you. And then they say, well, not really. Someone from that church ripped me off. And what, what are you supposed to say? What are you supposed to say? I'm sorry. I don't know. And so, so the harm when the wisdom of, of seeking to serve Jesus in all of life breaks down, then, then there can be that lack of, of doing good for the Lord. And, and our, our selfish nature, our lack of living wisely, our lack of realizing that all we do and say is being watched outside the church. And I have it too as a minister. Oh, you're a minister? You were speeding. You were going two miles over. I said, oh boy. You're watched. What do you do? Be wise. Be careful. Do the best you can. Because you're always a witness for Christ. And it will either build up or it will cut down. Can Jesus trust us? As we go forward in godly wisdom, then we build up for his glory. Verses 13 to 19 have the sense of working hard, taking the initiative, planting a vineyard. Wisdom of God has us work in many ways for our husband, for Christ. As a church, we work hard. We give of our energy. We give of our time. We seek to, to serve our Lord, rising early and going to bed late. You'll see people here early at times. You'll see people here in the church late at times. Wisdom of, of yeah, we do work hard. We work hard for the Lord. We, we understand that it's a worthwhile thing. We give of our time and talents and treasures. We prepare to teach a class. We help. We lead here or there. Those, those senses of of, yeah, that's, that's what it is, to live and serve God as a church. And we're reminded, too, in, in taking care of the poor and needy again. It says in Acts 9, verse 36, In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha who was always doing good and helping the poor. And, and her witness, her hard work in the, in the church and in the community 
was, was so honoring to God. And so that's wisdom as a church. Do we exemplify that attitude of helping, of, of being engaged, of, of being a hardworking fellowship for the Lord? That's the wisdom to do that. Verse 21 to 29 has the sense of respect, respected at the city gate, respected in the community, that, that Jesus is respected here in Lacombe because of us. That, that people think about the Bethel Christian Reformed Church in Lacombe and, and they, they have the sense of, you know, God is good, Jesus is good. They might not know anything about us. They might not have any real connection. But, but what's their overall perception? Now, in Bethel, in Lacombe, there, there, there is that sense to, to some degree, definitely. As a town church, we are known as a town church. With the various things we do in the community, we are, we are respected to, to a large degree, actually. And so that's good. That's godly wisdom, recognizing we as a church are... are visible we are engaged we are involved it's 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 a call it's the wisdom of being that godly wife of christ and so that challenge continues to be there that we continue to live in a way and express ourselves in a way in the community that honors jesus christ and finally uh, verse 30 31 the reward of seeing god's kingdom built and Jesus' name lifted up. And that we continue to praise him and await the day when our bridegroom will come again to receive his bride. To have that, that joyful anticipation. To have our lamp lit and the wick trimmed and the oil. This is wisdom. The wise virgins compared to the foolish virgins. To continue to focus our lives on serving our Lord. So Proverbs 31 is that expression of wisdom as a, as a wife, as a mother, that, that sense of, of wisdom as feminine, but especially godly wisdom that we need to enter into, hold to, and live out. And that begins in Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom for all of us, that we continue to live each day with that sense of, I'm living again this day to serve the Lord. Lord, give me wisdom. What am I going to do this morning when I have to deal with that person? What am I going to do this afternoon when I'm getting a little tired and I'm not really sure? What do I do tonight? Lord, help me. Give me the words to say. Help me to honor you. Give me wisdom. That way of living, as we open ourselves to the wisdom of God, as we seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, then we continue to lift up the name of Jesus recognizing, too, that he builds his kingdom in and through us. Let's pray together. Dear loving God and Father, we thank you for your love in Jesus Christ, and we pray that you would lead us in wisdom's ways so that we will resist the ruinous temptations of this world, that we do not pursue its empty pleasures. Grant us as individuals, and especially as church, the wisdom to live to your honor and glory, which is where true blessing and joy can be found. Open our eyes again to the needs of those around us 
and help us in sacred love to meet those needs where we are able. May we never harm your holy name, but rather in sincere faith serve you so that our light may shine like the dawn in the sinful world until that great day that you come again in glory to make all things new. Hear our prayer. Work in us by your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.